welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books that have been hashtag canceled by Disney, and just how much can change in the Star Wars universe in 474 pages. Mm-hmm. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. You know what I realized? <laughs> we always end up having a little chuckle before we start, right? And then it's like this weird roller coaster crescendo where I get crazy loud and then we settle down into the episode. Find that nice equilibrium. I don't really do that on purpose, I don't think. But nonetheless, here we are. Yep. Ready to start this week where we're going to cover the entire Fate of the Jedi Book 8 Ascension by Christy Golden. Because we finished it last week. We did. Finally, no offense to that book, but 43 chapters is too many for my format. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> okay, I can't be reading a book for two and a half months. Yeah. I'm too smart for that. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> Not that the book's boring, but you know, reading a single book for that long, maybe, oh, but can I do, can we do notes for five? I don't think so. <laughs> reading 40 pages at a time, it's really, by the, you're just getting into, into <laughs> it and you're like, oh, yeah. I got to stop now. It really is this weird, like self-torturing testing type of situation anyways last week bum 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 we finished the book and this week we're gonna cover the entire thing starting with the galactic overview where Mm -hmm. i tell you what happened at the galaxy at the galaxy Mm -hmm. what happened at it this book yeah (laughs) not really in it it happened all to it (laughs) galaxy had no choice (laughs) The Galactic Overview, where we start this book shortly after the deposition of former Chief of State Natasi Dalla and her subsequent escape from Maximum Security Prison with Boba Fett. The G.A. Triumvirate of Wynne Dorvan, Senator Treen, and Admiral Perova are moving quickly to admit newly freed worlds into the Galactic Alliance and choosing former slave Padnall Ovin as new Chief of State. However... The Galactic Alliance government has been infiltrated thoroughly by the Lost Tribe of the Sith with brand new shiny Senator Suldar, a.k.a. High Lord Warkin, and hundreds of other Sith I would think so. scattered throughout the Senate and bureaucratic positions. All the human-looking ones. Yeah. None of the purple people. Yeah. Blue? Lavender. Another purple. Lavender. Just yeah. like the beaches. Little do the people of Coruscant know... And the infiltrating Sith, Abeloth has reduced the Sith home planet and its major city to molten slag yep. with her mind. Luke Skywalker returns to Coruscant momentarily before evacuating the entire Jedi Order to go hunt Abeloth under the guise of breaking ties with the Galactic Alliance. Can't live where the government is because they're always trying to tell us what to do. He has a secret plan, of course, unknown to us and everyone around him, as usual. Mm -hmm. But the Jedi leave an absence on Coruscant, and that allows the grips of evil to tighten around the city planet. The Sith take the temple. Abeloth takes the office of Chief of State as Roki Kem, becoming beloved Queen of the Stars. Also, the Empire pretty much completely falls apart during a (laughs) four-chapter segment. Yeah. The galaxy is finally safe. Somebody with leadership and love in their heart, ready to take the reins and guide us 
through to a new era in the Galactic Alliance. And I, for one, welcome our new alien overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss anything? Did I screw anything up there? You're making faces at me at the beginning. Uh, I know it's not right after the, all that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like kind of integral. And I forgot to then mention the Empire thing. Doll is missing. Yeah. That's all a big part of it. Ah. She shows up, the Empire finds her, and the Empire breaks apart. Where did Boba Fett go? Yeah, nobody knows. That's what I'm wondering. Nobody knows. Nobody asked. Nobody's looking for him. You know what, though? You probably better not. Yeah. (laughs) Probably best to just let that thread blow in the wind. Just leave Boba Fett alone. That's what happened in the galaxy at large, too large, in large. I'm not sure how I feel about in large. <laughs> the galaxy in large. A lot changed from beginning to end of this book. Or did it? I mean, the Sith apparently have been there for a while. Yeah. Apparently Luke Skywalker knew this. It's all part of his plan. But Abeloth stealing home at the end of the game here is a real twist yeah. To the expectations of the good guys, the bad guys, and anybody who really kind of knows what's happening. Probably not part of Luke's plan to have the big evil unknown thing. Oh, well, Certainly maybe. not, because they went to go chase her up to Upexar. Mm-hmm. Unless he's lying to all the Jedi, too. And he's Which like, would hey. be real cool to bring a hundred Jedi to a volcano trap as a joke. <laughs> and a trick. But you know what? Speaking of characters and their decisions... Let's take some time to talk about what all of our favorite main characters did over the course of this book. Starting with our first characters, Han and Leia Solo, featuring Alana. Arrested and disappeared version. Like, yeah, finally saving the child version. Which, when I was going through my notes, there was this one line where Han Solo was like, We always get our children to safety first. And I was like, you liar. What? You fought a war beside your children. Anyways. Yeah, they... Hey, go do that, but if we need you, we'll call you. Also, you drag this kid everywhere and always put her in danger. But Han and Leia Solo, they have dinner with Padnell Ovin when he's just the senator. Hello. Setting the stage for maybe how important he's going to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember when I first refused to learn that guy's name? Yep. Well, (laughs) he (laughs) ended up being chief of state, so he turned out to be pretty important. They have dinner with him. They have lunch with some squibs. Which, if we remember, are really more like biker mice from Mandalore. Yeah, there's no Mars in this galaxy. (laughs) No. Uh, Han and Leia also get information from the squibs, and now they know where Dala has escaped to. And they have this crazy Imperial serum that makes you younger. Yeah, like... All of this stuff is, like, on the side and not focused on. The Dala thing is most focused on. But the serum, and that becomes kind of just a bargaining chip at a later point for Jag, but that... This de-aging technology, not digital, this real-life de-aging technology that the squibs have, I don't know, discovered under Imperial testing, what uh, kind of just yeah. left in the background, kind of the same way the nanovirus thing was in the yeah, end of the last book. the de-aging thing is, was also made by the Empire, probably derived. It was, it was de- made by the same guy. Gattels. Yeah. It was the, the old guy. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he was just making it for himself. But maybe he wasn't. Dun, dun, dun. We never really followed that thread yet. Maybe Jag will have some time in the next book now that the Empire is kind of a wreck in, in shambles. And no one appears to be trying to kill him at the moment. Right. Really. Yeah. 
Most of the stuff, by the way, that Han and, Han and Leia Solo do in this book is like classic spy stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that going through the notes as a whole. Like they're having like secret meetings mm-hmm. with contacts, gathering information. And then there's like a shootout when somebody comes to kill your informants, right? And then they got to disappear in the background. One of them gets arrested. They got to break her out of jail. It's kind of like some 007 stuff. Yeah. Them And it, they often are because of Han Solo the Rogue, right? But, man, they, they, I don't know, they did a lot and didn't do a lot at the same time in this book. I'm feeling conflicted. I feel like they were there and they were running the backstories. Not the backstories, the, uh, the like, you know, the subplots, a couple of the subplots. Yeah, the little side threads that they were playing with. But, I don't know. I don't know. They're kind of right in the middle of the Empire backstabbing stuff, you know, care of being tied to Jag and then giving him to Hiri and all that jazz. After the Jedi leave Coruscant, Leia's arrested as a Jedi traitor and then promptly busted out by Han and Team Buatu, who they're now part of. Yes. And they disappear into secret tunnels and doors and into more secret tunnels and doors and then way past the right door for no good reason whatsoever. Why did you not stop at 41A and go all the way to 418? 418. Nobody questioned him for 360 doors. Anyways, they emerge from these secret tunnels and doors out into the deadly Coruscant Undercity. And then I'm like, interesting. And the book's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know, that's, come on. I wonder if we're going to come back to them at all in the next book. And oh. they're still in like, well, we're going to come back to them, but they're going to be under there or they escaped. No, I think, I think this is setting Troy Denning's last book up for all the things that he writes has like all the things that he likes to write Mm -hmm. the Coruscant Undercity is like a recurring backdrop for a lot of his stories for subplots of his stories you know yeah we saw it in the last series where that was where Elemarar was sneaking around a bunch and he uses it I think in the NJO series and in the Killick series I mean I guess everybody uses it in the NJO series towards the end (laughs) but you know it's a very interesting place and I wanted to stay there and have some time there, but flip the page and the book was over and the squibs thing and, and, and teaming up with them. And they were like annoying banter team. Like I get it. Yeah. They're cool, but they just, they didn't really seem to do too much. Leia solo gets left behind as the last living Jedi on Coruscant. Unexpectedly is arrested and then broken out of jail also expectedly and, and easily and spends however many chapters just in the background in jail not really doing <laughs> it she met with Aaron with a couple times and P.S. Alana got dropped off somewhere oh safety. yeah <laughs> where did she go in between Leia gets arrested Han calls Luke and tells him and they're like you better get to Alana's safety well, that's not a sentence in the correct order. <laughs> Nonetheless, remember that it was like, yeah, I'm going to get her somewhere safe. And then the next chapter, he's at Wynn Dorvin's office going, good thing I got Alana safety. Like we just, yeah. that was skipped in an ad break in a commercial. Mm-hmm. And then we come back to him just wandering into the office. Where, where is she? She looks too. Speculation time. Yeah. She, she couldn't have been dropped off at Hape. She looks too much like her mom. No, no way. Yeah, that's not a place she could have gone. But where do you put the the queen of the white throne? And who do you trust at this moment that isn't in severe danger? One person who I don't trust at all. 
Lando Calrissian. Maybe maybe she went to Booster, Booster Tarek. Tarek. I knew you were going to say that. Our Wedge is still alive, I think. Yeah, but I don't think they trust anyone as much as Lando. Yeah. He's like their number one side guy. Yeah. And I mean, proven time and time again through the series. He needs your help. His castle <laughs> is blowing up. <laughs> yeah. And they just they just go and show up. And they're there and they do what they save the day. But where is she? Because we see Zek and Terran again after, don't we? We see Lando again. We do? Where? Doing what? I mean, I'm not saying you're Isn't wrong. Lando in the book right at the very end? Like, I feel like he's in, like, the sometime in the last, like, well, maybe six, that's seven chapters. a hint for us as to where she is then. Because he doesn't show up and do anything. No, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. But him being name-dropped, I guess, is also maybe just setting up for the next book, right? But either way, she's just with some friends, Han Solo says. I'm, I'm interested to know. And that's their journey through the book. They had a meeting. They had a meeting that they get shot at. They had to put the kid away. Leia got arrested. They break her out of jail. And they escape to the Coruscant Undercity. Yeah. What was your favorite moment of Han and Leia solo? <laughs> Why did I do that? Uh, Leia did less. I kind of like Han's and Admiral Perova's thing right before he abducts Admiral Perova. Right before she dies, oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of like their little interaction. Uh, that's probably it's like, yeah, we'll take care of you, and now you're dead. Whoops, didn't take care of you, and not mentioned again. <laughs> nope, not once does Leia go, Oops, we got her killed by Sith in the Jedi Temple. Why are there Sith in the Jedi Temple? Did like, does nobody know that she got killed? Does nobody know that she got killed by lightsabers? Yeah, because she, she gets killed. I actually have the note. Uh, like chapter 32 or 33. I guess just not enough time for that to come out all the way. But all the bad guys know that she was killed. Maybe nobody knows she was killed. I don't know. By lightsabers. I don't know. My favorite part. I've already turned the page. All right. So I'm so disinterested. Was going into the Undercity, I guess. Because I, that's what I wanted. More of. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting in the setup. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Our second character. Jaina Solo. The unswung sword. Yeah. Shows up in chapter eight. I actually kind of can't believe how little she's in this book and series. Uh, in an influential sort of way. Yeah. She is... Well, she, she, she chased down a crazy Jedi by herself. She broke the horns out of prison. Or at least one of them. Now, they got both those kids and unfroze them. Yeah. Anyways... Haven't heard from them again either. Really on the side doing side stuff. And now she steps into the book tagging along the whole time with Luke, Ben, and Vistara on the hunt for Abeloth and ship. Front and center. And then still kind of just described into the background a lot of times except for she has some pretty momentous conversation pieces. Yeah, she's she's deep. When, she, when she's been talking in the book, she's deep. She's yeah. deep, but even peripherally, because she's with Jag, she should be in like more, <laughs> more involved. Yeah, she should be way more entangled in all the business of the serious plot threads. Mm-hmm. But now she's she's after Abeloth now. I guess that's good enough. And she spends the beginning part of the book speaking up for Vistara, convincing Luke how useful she is and how you know she, she could even potentially be a good guy and like Luke should trust Ben's love for her wanting to be redeemed 
Yep. Just if they screw it up, they'll do it together. And isn't that better? And whatever, whatever. She's got all kinds of wisdom now. Yeah. She's... Now that she's re-engaged, she's <laughs> all kinds of wise. <laughs> I guess having a temper tantrum and storming out and your mom telling you you're being an idiot is enough to make you realize how easy life is if you're just smart. I don't know. Yeah, just uh, take a breath. Figure uh, it out. Yeah, she knows. She knows how easy it is, though, because she's engaged. On Korriban, our first stop for Team Hunting Abeloth, she does what? Not much. They go into the temple. They're searching around. It's the big empty space. The big empty uh, gallery, like, yeah. coliseum type thing. That's not really empty. Mm-hmm. And then she don't, nobody nobody really does anything because the dogs show up and Vistar is like, I am Cesar. And, <laughs> and we carry on with the story. <laughs> right? She doesn't do too much there. And then it's off to our second stop on Chasing Abeloth, Dromund Koss. Where she's battling Sith back to back with Uncle Luke Skywalker. She gets some small descriptions of badassery in the action, but not much because she's not the. F- and, and fairly, in that battle on Dromacost, she's not the focus. Luke Skywalker and Ben Skywalker are not the focus of that battle. Yeah. But there she is doing her thing. And after that, she even speaks up about murdering her brother. Yeah. Right? She talks to Vistara after her incident. She's like, you know what? One time I had to do a really bad thing like that. It's not good. But I had to do it. It'll change you. Things are better. And yep. Hang on to that idea. Which finally, she's talking about that. Mm -hmm. And who does she talk about it to? Vistara. A stranger. And is that like a psychologically symptomatic thing of grief? Of how serious and deep that grief is? She can't talk to anybody who actually knows him. No. She can't possibly say his name to somebody... You know who cares about him because she's the one who had to kill him, yeah, and she cared about him the most, and especially ever. because she's supposed to be the strong one, the sword, yeah, can't show that kind of weakness or something, I guess. But to Vistara, she's like, I saw what you did, been there, pat on the back, yeah. <laughs> Over on Upexar, our final stop chasing Abeloth, she's with the hundred plus Jedi, so <laughs> sort of drowned out in the background. <laughs> Who are led to the exploding Volcano City trap by Grandmaster Luke. And that's about it. She runs away. I think she watches someone die. She mm-hmm. escapes on the ship. But she does have plenty of meaningful conversations. Which is a nice way to see her used. Yeah. As like an emotional... What's that? Anchor. <laughs> yeah. As like an emotional stalwart. Instead of, you know, her entire life in the book series. She's a, a sort of presented as emotionally erratic especially in love and feelings relationship wise yeah impulsive and and... so for her to have all these meaningful conversations with luke skywalker about hey trust your son and trust love and like talk to vistar about like you know what i had to kill my brother you probably read about it (laughs) you probably saw it on the hollow news because you know all you bad guys love the hollow news she maybe didn't do a whole lot but she was around a lot and said a lot of things i guess at least Mm-hmm. She had a good talk with Luke about Vistara, a good talk with Jag about their future and like when they had to go separate ways after dinner when he was taking Tahiri and she had to go off with the Jedi. Good talk with Ben and Vistara about what the Jedi are, what the Sith are, what Jason is. Like all it was a lot of a lot of good insight into her inner thoughts that we've been looking for for a long time. Yeah, allowing the other characters to have that sort of 
perspective so they can to hear her perspective yeah at all? yeah yeah and what she thinks about things instead of just what she has to do yeah making them look into themselves and see why they're making the right. decisions being they a made. very wise leader yeah. yeah pretty actually my description of Jaina solo in this book started off pretty negative mm-hmm. not really around not really around in the whole series but here she is around and she has a lot to say and I find it really interesting every time she opens her mouth even when they're they're walking through the swamp with, with her uncle Luke and it's just funny joke time mm-hmm that's great. Yeah, because they're all nervous, and then they're just like, "Yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's just talk. Let's just stay positive." <laughs> yeah, jokes and such. Yeah, man, she's awesome in this book. Even if she's not her usual sort of awesome, flying starfighters, blowing ships apart, and swinging lightsabers, cutting people's nards off. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite Jaina Solo moment? The conversation with Luke, where she says, "Damn it, listen." <laughs> <laughs> where she she shows him what he already should have known i think yeah i picked the same thing the conversation with luke about let ben try to save vestara let them try to love each other let them try to figure something out you're not gonna help by stopping them yeah like at least you know be smart enough to stand by and let them try I yeah. picked the same thing, so... Yeah, well, it's, that was, it's a good part. It's a really good part. It's also probably pretty cool when she was fighting back-to-back Luke Skywalker, killing six Sith, like it was no big deal. Yeah, that, that was a good good action scene. It, like like you said, it wasn't focused on on those three. Nope. But it was... <laughs> it was not. <laughs> they, did, uh, they did get some pretty good action descriptions in there. Yeah. She was great in this book. Let's go to our third character, Switch Gears. Okay. To Abeloth. Okay. Chief of State slash beloved Queen of the Stars of the Galactic Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> Mas- masquerading as Roki Cam. Um, uh, aspiring goddess, if I remember her third step correctly, uh-huh. and her th- simple three-step plan that she's two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> In the course of, like, ten chapters? She was missing from the last book, as she was from the other Aaron Alston books. Mm-hmm. Fair enough on the first one. Not fair play on the fourth one or the seventh. But she's quite present here. Although not. She... I mean, although becoming... Okay, what do I I mean? I mean, she's super present in the beginning of the book and all the way through the book, but near the halfway point, she switches identities and she's not Abeloth, right? Yeah. But in the beginning of the book... She arrives to Kesh as a heralded savior. She's here to save them from the destroyers. She must be the protector. All of that ancient mythological garbage that, you know, High Lord, whoever the hell it is, is trying to get her to buy into as propaganda. Certain ways are going to tie strings to her to control her. Mm -hmm. The heralded savior arrives only to completely destroy the cities in Sith. And there's your foreshadowing as she later arrives on Coruscant as the heralded leader, Senator Rokikam, elevated quickly to chief of state to lead and guide the people. Totally not to destroy the city and planet like she did at the very beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize the symmetry of that because I had kind of forgotten 
I hadn't forgotten about what she did at the beginning of the book. Mind battle with the dude and melting the city and exploding everybody with her own brains. She just <laughs> she flexed this unbelievable power across an entire city. Yeah, she got mad, exploded and melted the city and people, and then and then and then disappeared. Immediately went. Well, I mean, she she ran away to go hide, and she was a puddle of goo watching the news for a while. <laughs> yep. So she's kind of had three different identities throughout the course of this novel. But, oh my God, if that isn't foreshadowing, right? She's doing the same thing at the end of the book that she did at the very beginning of the book. Show up and take over. Welcomed to come and take over. Because that's her sort of magical power, right? Is that... Yeah, her influence. Influence. Hey, copier, (laughs) pre-copier. Early on in Tov, we get huge insights into the potential of her power on Cash when she's destroying the city. But what do we really know about who she is or what she wants still? We see what she can do. Mm -hmm. And that's really bad news for someone living on Coruscant now in the Jedi Temple. Yeah, because where she gets pissed off there, like, it's all a city. Yeah, but not for long if she gets mad. And I don't really want to see Coruscant melted, but I also don't know what she wants or what she's doing. She wants to be the beloved queen of the stars. She wants to be a goddess. Earlier in another book, she told us she wants Luke Skywalker to suffer. Mm-hmm. I don't. She also. I don't understand her goals. She has this very vague, just take over everything goal, rule the galaxy. Yeah, but it's like, why? I think she's lonely. She seems to want to be loved yeah. really badly. Like it started with bringing all those all the Jedi to her and all the floaty people on the station. <laughs> the mind walkers. Thank you. All the floaty people on the station. I couldn't. No, I'd you're sinkle. totally right. You're totally right. She is like desperate loneliness the entire time that we've known her. But why? And why was she locked away in the maw? And what is she? And what is she gonna do now that she's not in there? What does she want? How do you love this thing to its satisfaction? What is, you know what I mean? What is the requirement going to be for her to not be mad sitting in Luke Skywalker's bedroom at the top of the Jedi temple and mind melt the entire planet? (laughs) What, What level of satisfaction does she need to reach? We don't know because we don't thoroughly understand her motivations. And this is the end of the eighth book. Yeah. The whole next book must be about her. Yeah. Almost entirely. Because you know what we've done with the Sith? Step by step, we took them off their planet. They gathered a big fleet. And we've slowly been dismantling them piece by piece throughout this entire series. To where now Abeloth has taken over the remnants of the Sith that exist on Coruscant. There is no more fleet. Yeah. There is no more home planet. There's prisoners on Coruscant. That she can bend to her desires and will with her dark power that yeah. they want to share. Yeah, and if not, exploded. Like they, they don't have much, <laughs> <laughs> they don't have much choice. Oh, Jesus. But what does she want? She wants to be loved. She wants Luke to suffer, maybe. That could be a red herring. Or maybe she is over that. Mm. I don't know. But she can be hurt. Yep. That, that high lord, that grand lord, Vol, that's who it was, mm-hmm. 
essentially forced her to turn into goo with the power of his mind. Yeah. So that must be also foreshadowing the way that this is going to go down. It's going to be a mind battle. That Luke should right? go like and he's pick not up that cool. pyramid. He, he's not. Oh, what was that thing? It was an like amplifier. an amplifier. Whoa, Tim. <laughs> maybe you nailed it. That'd be cool. That would be a payoff, at least for Garbage Planet with the cool <laughs> chess communicator robot alien people. But he would have to break the rules to go and get it because things can't leave that cavern. But it's not he's not going to beat her in a physical confrontation. We've seen that several times. No, and there's too many people on the planet. She can just hop to another body. They're going to have to fight each other with mind bullets. <laughs> Telekinesis, Telekinesis Kyle and all that. <laughs> Wow, I think so. Mm-hmm. I really think so. I still don't know what she is, who she is, or really what is the maximum she can do. That seemed to be almost killing her, destroying that city and that man with her brain. Mm-hmm. But there's no Jedi on Coruscant. No. There's one. And if she had time to gather her power and like sit in the Jedi Temple, a nexus of power, and use all that, maybe she could do a little more. And... What kind of awareness will she have of the world brain or whatever's left of that mm-hmm. and the, the living darkness of the Coruscant Undercity? This is all going to come tied together because I fully trust Troy Denning's ability to wrap shit up mm-hmm. in a satisfying way. And, you know, you still got to leave stuff for the future, right? But what is she and what does she want? And I don't know anything about her. She likes to watch the news. She easily gets what she wants in this book, though. Yeah. She gives she gives High Lord Work and the leader, uh, Cameron Sildar, the leader of the Sith on Coruscant, I'll give you one day to make me president of the galaxy. And she gets it. <laughs> and we leave her at the end of the book, ascending the steps of the Jedi Temple, her new home. On the way to in torture the heart of that Nexus on Coruscant. Dark man, dark ending at to dark ending to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and we'll see what happens in Return of the Jedi. Oh my God, they're literally yeah. gonna have. <laughs> what was your favorite moment of Abeloth? I I liked her it right at the near the end of the book where she comes in and she's talking to uh Warkin slash Saldar mm-hmm. and she's just that, that switch flip where yeah. she's like, I'm super nice. I'll, I'll murder you, you if you don't, don't do what do I say. What I yeah. Say. yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, man. That was so dark, and I still can't believe that guy didn't have Abeloth's name cross his mind once. But. And that was when we, like, we I made notes that, hey, she's going to take over Roki Cam. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, but, as soon as she was obsessed with watching her on the news, and her news was come home to mother, or her message was, I mean. Yeah, and people loving her and all that. I. But when did she do that? And how did that happen? That's interesting. I'm sure she'll talk about it in some kind of threatening monologue yeah you she know what i mean intercepted don't Roki. you know here's how easily i did this you know type of thing my favorite bit has to be the beginning has to be that sheer shocking amount of power that she showed off wow that was too many sh- in a row 
<laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. It was staggering. Yeah. I she melted. I mean, mind you, the city's made of sand glass. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not built out of permacrete. But she melts an entire city and explodes people's guts and brains with her mind. Yeah, people imploding in their beds, and that was I was gonna use say that one, and it's like no, I'm I like the psychological one at the end. And so, that. God, that's. Just so much more intriguing, but then we didn't find anything else out about her. No, nothing. We it was more of her being influential. Same stuff we've always known, but no new information. Just new expressions of the amount of power that you can't even imagine that she can wield. <laughs> She's frightening for real, and maybe that's part of the mystery still. Yeah. Is you don't tell everybody who Freddy Krueger is till the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not as scary. Or did they talk talk about it right at the beginning? I don't. I, I you know what I mean. Yeah. The horror the horror movie mantra of of show less. Wait, what? Tell less, show more. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Leave some mystery so people are afraid. <sighs> which got, I just I've actually explained lost. to my wife, Freddy Krueger, the other day. She's never seen the movies. Well, I don't blame her scary yeah she's she's not also uh, movies about getting killed in your dreams what a cool way to go to sleep as a 10 year old <laughs> I know, when your right? cousins are babysitting you yep thanks jamie thanks jeremy <laughs> let's move on to our fourth character <laughs> vestara kai another benjamin betrayer Mm-hmm. and well well <laughs> biggest betrayal talk about how much things changed in the world in this book this little woman went on a hell of a journey in this novel this was her epic ascension and stumble across the finish line right up that last step mm-hmm. a wild ride that she went on and it's fantastic she starts traveling with Luke, Ben, and Jaina to all the Sith hiding places only to have her loyalty questioned at each pit stop by Grandmaster Luke, despite proving helpful and useful everywhere else. And keep that in mind, the Grandmaster of the Jedi Order has, no- has done nothing but fail to support this girl being a good person. Maybe that's part of his plan. Isn't it a great plan that he never tells anybody? Mm-hmm. Probably. Making her prove it again and again just so she has to. Yep, with with nothing but disdain. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to treat somebody <laughs> that you want to feel good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> He's a cool guy. On Corban, she's the savior when she mind talks a dog pack out of killing all of them. <laughs> uh, saves all the Jedi. Just Luke, Ben, and Jaina. She's the only one that can talk to them. She knows the Sith, ancient Sith language, because she's ancient Sith blood. But she does, to us the reader, prove Luke Skywalker correct. Because as she scares the dogs off, she gives them a secret command. To tell any Sith that you find to hide. Joke's on you. There's hundreds of them already hiding here. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha But... She did exactly what Luke Skywalker thought. She might help us. She might be a benefit. 
But she's also going to do something that I can't trust. I feel it. Well, she did. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Droman Koss, where her life changes massively. Once again, just like it did back on Peter, where she murdered the High Lord and saved Ben Skywalker and Luke from Avaloth. Yeah. And certain death. From being melted and diced and... When she betrayed her heritage and the Sith Order. Yeah. In a, and not really so much a like a general display because it was just like the five of them in the cave or whatever. Yeah. But very final. Yeah. The, it's, you know, a lot of decisions where there's no take backs. Yeah. You, you killed, you killed the president. And here comes another one. As Andromon Koss hiding in the darkness of the dark nexus of the dark force of the dark force users here at this place. <laughs> <laughs> Gavar Kai jumps from the shadows, springing a Sith slash Abeloth trap to destroy Luke, Ben, and Vistara. And she's forced to kill her own father. Epic destiny stuff. The rest of the Jedi are just fighting nameless <laughs> Sith. And she's one-on-one with her dad, who is a Jedi master. Yeah. Essentially. And she is an apprentice. And she kills him. Mm-hmm. Because he's emotionally unstable. Yeah, he loses focus for one quick second because it's something sh- that she says. About her mom. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> loses focus for a second. She pretty much cuts her dad in half. Mm-hmm. Cutting her final tie, really, emotionally, to her old life. As we know, she's been writing secret letters to her dad as if he was a Jedi. Yep. But she's forced to kill him in her fulfillment of her epic destiny and after ben discovers her writing a secret letter finds out it's her diary she's writing secret notes to a good guy dad who doesn't exist they break down they bond they have a cuddle and the next morning she's accepted as a jedi as luke skywalker's apprentice no less so all of this disdain and distrust after seeing her kill her father and forcing her to open herself up completely emotionally in the force to him. And he pries into her private emotions. She's finally proven herself. <laughs> Worthy of the attention of the yeah. Jedi Order. Worthy of the trust of being good. Oh, that's so gross. Right. It has a lot of negative ropes attached to the positivity. Yeah. And so as we move forward in the story and hit this tragic note where... We go to Upexar, seeming like she's passed her evil life. Ben Skywalker gets in trouble. His life is threatened. And she murders Jedi Natua Wan as a sacrifice to save Ben's life. And doesn't that just hurt even more in retrospect of all the negativity she's been fed from the Grand Master of the Jedi Order? Like, what if he had been more supportive all the time, the whole time? Yeah. He sent them down here into the tunnel in an unsupportive gesture. Yep. I can't, I don't want to expose you to the darkness up top of the city because, you you know, you've just killed your dad. And I don't want to do that to you emotionally, but I'll just, you know, pry open your heart and peer inside it to see if you're worthy. Just imagine if there was more positivity attached to this entire experience that she's had with Luke and Ben the entire time. 
it would be hard to have much more of it in the early going. But man, ever since she escaped with Peter with you, she's been pretty committed to being a good guy. Yeah. She hasn't done any bad guy stuff other than, you know, she sent a message. Maybe a steady Luke accepting her rather than, nope, 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 no. Okay. Instead of saying, I can't let you help us because I can't trust you. Maybe the conversation should be, I know you're going to want to do things that will betray us. So I'm going to keep you close to me to teach you how to not do that. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. But she doesn't get the support that she needs. And ultimately in this moment of decision where the man that she loves, man, the teenage boy that she <laughs> loves, who doesn't a lot of man shit. He's a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the two of them are in love and his life is threatened and it's in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And so she makes the Sith choice having given been given no support in making Jedi choices all this time. She's been distrusted and told you're going to do bad guy stuff. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. in the end of it. Yeah. If and she's trying, she, she wants the good thing. There's one line in the book I saw in my notes. She was like the joy and fear of happiness or something like that, or of being good. Yeah. Something like that. I was like, man, she wants it so bad, right? But she doesn't know any better. And then Luke Skywalker's like, I'll help you. Not really. <laughs> yeah. D- don't don't teach her. Just say, no, I can't. The right first now, mission after you take her as your apprentice, you're like, all right, go with them. <laughs> all right, teenagers, go in the halls. Us grown-ups are going to be up here taking care of business. You couldn't have just brought them with you, or you couldn't have sent more. You didn't send a single master with them dude yeah there's a lot of things fall apart in the decision making at the end of this book as far as my suspension of disbelief goes Mm -hmm. and you know you're talking about space wizard world so it's already stretched thin as it is (laughs) but when you're like luke skywalker has this plan he's gonna abandon coruscant let the sith take it as a trap would he ever do that really i doubt it he just put trillions of lives in jeopardy yeah so would he ever do that Mm. Well, here we are. <laughs> That's not the point. The no. point is, Vistara has done the damn thing. In an effort to save Ben from the mutant deal-needing bug, she's created the betrayal that's going to drive them apart eventually. And she realizes this at the end of the book, right? Yeah. Where she has that moment where she says, I don't care. I'm going to be as much of a good guy for as long as I can until he finds out and it destroys us because I love him and I need to get whatever I can out of this. And especially after everything that she's given up, she doesn't say that, but that's maybe some subtext for you. Yeah. After all the major sacrifices she's made, left home, killed the bad president, murdered her father, and now killed a good guy to save a good guy. What else does she have left except to pursue her love of Ben Skywalker? Yeah, he's the only one. You're going to have, it's like a ticking time bomb of happiness. Yeah. And when the alarm goes off, you're going to get exploded with hatred, regretful awfulness. Yeah, because he's the, Ben's the only one left that uh, likes her, let alone, like, because everyone else is just kind of like, okay. Yeah. She's got no one else in the galaxy. And now she has a secret to keep her forever in the darkness instead of allowing herself to be pulled into the light. 
she's going to have this tether to the darkness, this lie and betrayal. Mm -hmm. That's never going to let her go into the light with Ben Skywalker. But does she care? No. Because Ben is alive and she loves him. And she had, you know what? A busy enough week. Okay. Let her take a break. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know how, how long that this book occurred over, but she had a hell of a 43 chapter ride, man. Yep. From the distrusting prisoner, still distrusted prisoner to Luke's apprentice to boyfriend, girlfriend to Jedi murderer. Secret Keeper. Just the same echo of Jason Solo again. Yeah. The way that that happened. The murder in the dark cave and Ben... And the memory mess up. Isn't going to quite have a clear memory of what happened. And that's going to probably eat at him even more. The familiarity of this betrayal to Jason's betrayal. We'll talk about that in a bit. What's your favorite moment of Vistar Kai? Her her last little inner monologue at the end, where I'm oh, good pick. I am I'm bad and I know it, but I'm gonna I I, I need this now, yeah. so I'm gonna just go along with it. Yeah. I I liked that a lot. It's like that like a desperate what's that word where you acceptance, mm-hmm. sort of a different word though, you know. Where you're I know like it's more like a settling thing. I'll I'll never be able to get. All of what I want now because of what I've done. Yeah. So I'm going to settle for the small pieces I can't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dark and piteous and yet hopeful and, and yeah. awful. Because I feel, <laughs> I feel really bad for her because she had to, she made that decision and now she's going to feel bad forever. And do you think Ben would have done anything different? Probably not. I don't think he would have murdered Natu Awan. But I think he might have left her and just taken Vistara away. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Murder through an they action. They probably would have tried to flee and then she would still end up getting killed and mm-hmm. it'd be his responsibility in a different timeline in the multiverse. In case you haven't seen Loki yet. I have not. Well, multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment was, I don't know, she that there was a lot of cool action and... and uh, dialogue exchange with her and her dad when they were fighting that was really good Mm -hmm. but i don't know i'm just gonna pick every moment with her and ben because they're freaking adorable they're well matched they're perfect like yin and yang of each other and that's it that's all the good that we're gonna get Mm -hmm. this was the book of getting good happy relationship unbridled with guilt yeah and that's that's over. That lasted a half a book. And I love every bit of it. And uh, I'm glad that it was taken away because it was a hell of a twist. And it only makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, it's good. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's hard to turn away from everything you've known your entire life just like that. Especially in a desperate attempt to save someone, the only person you love and the only person who loves you. Yeah. The only person, like you said. Yeah, the only good point in your in your life and you were going to sacrifice him? I don't think so. It's not going to happen. Nope. Speaking of that good point, 
Our fifth character, Ben Skywalker, mirror, catalyst, lover. <laughs> because Ben uh, doesn't do anything in this book. Ben Skywalker exists in this book solely for us to see Vistara through his eyes. Yeah. To grow to love and trust Vistara through his perspective because that's what he does. And so anytime that we're Ben's even in the scene, he's either bonding with Vistara, they're teasing each other, he's sticking up for her, they're ripping apart emotional wounds, they're killing her father. Yeah. <laughs> but like, no, seriously, everything that he does in this book is to just make us feel the way he feels about Vistara. Yeah. To pay off this twist at the end of the book in a meta-narrative sort of way, right? He exists in this book as our interpretation into not interpretation I don't know what I'm saying our way to get into a positive perspective of Vistara because everything that we've gotten of her other than him is negative or clouded yeah just a neutral but he is just a pure good look at her at all times right it's it's a great way of that to see a, a narrative way to help us as the reader have our own inner character growth for Vistara yeah, to, by having it through another person to grow also attached to her. Yeah. By having, you know, PD positivity, tell <laughs> us how awesome she is. Yeah. At every chance he gets. It's not really any lone moments of interest for him. It's all Vistara. Yeah. Look at the battle of Drum and Koss. He fights three Sith. Luke and Jaina fight six. She is the focus. Mm-hmm. Vistara is the focus, and it's not truer other than moments through Ben. And it's only kind of really became obvious <laughs> in this retrospect of flipping through all the notes again. I was like, oh, Ben didn't actually do anything, but he served a major purpose in developing Vistara's character mm-hmm. into a trusted good guy who then gets to do a secret bad thing. You know, and we leave that hovering over. Return of the Jedi also. I feel right? so bad for Ben right now. Me too, man. He also becomes the catalyst for change in Vistara when he bursts into her room, shows his distrust and his anger, and then, uh, sorry, I found your secret diary. And that all turns into genuine compassion and love. Mm-hmm. He's a powerful, wise young man to elicit such change in other people. So that's, you know, a bit of him. But mostly we're showing her through him. Uh, when they're dating, he outright tells her, I think before they go or after Luke says she can be his apprentice, he outright says it. Let everyone see you the way that I yes. see you. Right. Yeah. That's there's your giveaway. That's what he's doing the whole book mm-hmm. uh, from a you know writing perspective. You're using him to give us look how good Vistara is. Look how good Vistara is. And hell yes, Ben to that because he's not wrong. She's really good. But. He doesn't see her betrayal of the Jedi on Upexar. He's left with doubts and vague memories of a glance at a lightsaber wound. And that's about it. But you are on the right path. I feel so bad for Ben. Because what happens to Ben when he finds out what Vistara did? Are we staging the fall of Ben Skywalker? He's going to be... Utterly betrayed by 
two of the four people, I put up three fingers, two <laughs> of the four people he loves the most in his life. Jason Solo betrayed him and turned to the dark side and tried to turn him by torturing him. His dad, I don't know, hated him when I was a teenager, but he's cool. Mom, she died. Mm-hmm. And now Vistara has betrayed him in a way that cannot possibly remain secret. There will be questions. Yeah. As soon as they get back, where's Natua Wan? She's going to have to line immediately. Tell us your story. Yep. And he's going to go, keep my mouth shut about what I think I saw, but I got a problem. Yeah, I'm going to ask her later on my own and see what's what. Dark Ben Skywalker? He's a young man. He's an emotional boy. I'm not overly opposed to him being dark for a minute just to be redeemed again. <laughs> I would love for him to be the new bad guy. That would be that would be cool cuz he's done some dark shit. Oh yeah. So he's got a he's got doors to open, like easy gateways to get to bad guy. Especially if this goes so badly that he has to kill his girlfriend. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favorite moment of Ben Skywalker, Tim? The anticipation of what's next. Oh, I liked that moment of truth with the diary. Yeah. When he realized, oh, no. What have I done? She, I have just exposed such a vulnerable thing in a forceful and violent way. Because, you know, he's got a bit of that in him yeah i'll rip your laptop out of your hands if i have to and like because i am the g-a-g like tie you down and i will get all your secrets murder the prime minister of Karelia if i am told to yeah he's got a couple of murders under his belt Woo! it's looking dark at the end of a new hope ascension a new hope damn it <laughs> Let's move on to our final character because I almost can't talk anymore. Luke Skywalker, grandmaster of never not being wrong. (laughs) Idiot. Seriously with this guy, though. Yeah, it's been every book. Quote, Korriban is empty. No. There's, first of all, dogs and animals there. Mm -hmm. Second, an entire civilization of Sith that you don't know about. Whoops, there's another one of them. Could possibly two, be two of those, could there? Corban's empty. Yeah, okay. No. He goes to Droman Koss. Expecting a trap. Because there's this big dark side nexus. And yet, he walks right into it with the children. Yeah. He just chasing Abeloth blindly. Chasing ship blindly. What's our plan? Explore dangerous places. That's the best we've got. Okay. I'll allow it. Try it out. Then, he leaves Coruscant, pulls all the Jedi of Coruscant for his own trap for the Sith. Trap, 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 trap. I'll trap your trap. Mm-hmm. Euchre. But, his trap seems to suck. The Sith have already taken Coruscant. It's like, I'll get them all in one place. Ah, ha, ha. Oh, you didn't know. Abeloth's there too. Whoops! Uh, you got your sister arrested. Part of the plan. Drags over a hundred Jedi into Abeloth's trap at Upexar. 
She trapped Tola Annex and all the power of a dark side nexus inside of a small body that it, so that it would explode when he lifted up the floorboards of the city. And set off a volcano and murder everybody and destroy the planet, whatever. Yeah. He walked right into that trap too. Opened the door. Uh, what is this guy getting right? What is this guy getting right that's not him endangering, I don't know, everyone oh. in the galaxy? How about this goes worse and he loses 100 Jedi? How do you go back to Coruscant then and take out the Sith, let alone Abloth, who he doesn't even know is there? What? What then? Yeah. What? What is your plan? We don't know because he's doing the thing, the hero thing, the main character hero thing where he's like, I got a plan. And then cut off of his face. To the beginning of the plan. To plans happening and we're never going to tell you what it is. What is this guy doing? He didn't see that trap coming out of Pexar. He underestimated the trap at Droman Koss. He has no idea what's going on at Korriban. He has no idea what's actually going on at Coruscant. And yet he has the audacity to say things like, we will go kill Ship and Abeloth and then simply come back and destroy the Sith at Coruscant. No big deal. We're just going to go find Ship and Abeloth. We'll destroy them. Then we'll come back here, clean house. No problem. And somehow, somehow find all the Sith. Say there's, say there's even a thousand of them. Yeah. Spread over this city of trillions. Yeah. Think about this. We'll get them all. Hey, think about this. How many times in galactic history has two Sith been a massive problem? Two. <laughs> He's yep. like thousands of them in my home. Don't care. We'll I'll get care. them all. Yeah. Have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing from the absolute ignorant arrogance of the Republic and, and the Jedi the of that era? What the hell is Luke Skywalker thinking, doing, and not telling anyone? If his real plan doesn't tie all these idiot, idiot knots into a beautiful bow, then he is the stupidest man to ever lead the Jedi Order. Yeah, he's not the brightest. He well, he seems to be at times, but then when his he always plans... ends up outsmarting the bad guy yeah. again and saving the day and like minimal casualties. But you let this uh, a civilization of Sith take Coruscant on purpose. Mm-hmm. Don't you remember there was two there, two, and it was so bad. There yep. was one there, and he made it so bad that he could have two? There's a thousand of them there. Hundreds, dozens, doesn't matter. Two is our previous measuring stick for a <laughs> lot of trouble. Yeah. Okay? We're way beyond that, and he allowed it on purpose as a trap to set off after I deal with this way bigger, way more powerful, way less known an understandable threat that I have no idea what I'm doing or where they are. Yeah. I, it, it's smart to, to get them all together, but maybe not to just leave and let them take the planet. Wouldn't it be smarter to like engage them in a fleet battle? Yeah. And just like in space where there's not civilians. Mm-hmm. He's just, he, he, he's just going to simply bring the Jedi back to Coruscant and destroy the Sith. Let me tell you something, Sean Bean. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Okay? <laughs> this is what we're talking about. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk into Mordor and destroy the entire army of orcs. And then I'm going to kick Sauron off my planet, even though I don't know he's there. Yeah, that's a good analogy. What the hell is your plan, man? He keeps failing. He keeps being out-trapped. He keeps being out-maneuvered. He doesn't even know what he doesn't know, and he's blindly leading the Jedi across the galaxy. What? This is my main problem with this book. Luke Skywalker... You know what? This is my main problem with all of these books. Luke Skywalker's absolute refusal to describe in detail his plan for leadership. It's always something vague, but it's always something massive and subterfugian that like, we got to know something about it, man. What are you talking about? We're just going to go back and win the planet. How are you going to defeat Abeloth? Tell me those two details of what, okay? If he says we're going to beat ship and Abeloth and then we're going to beat the Sith. Awesome. Is not the first question out of everybody's mouth in that room. Cool. How? H-O-W, all in capitals, question mark. Yeah. Maybe two, three question marks. That's the part I want to know. How do you plan to do this impossible task that you don't even understand has become more impossible? Especially he's surrounded by supposedly some of the wisest people because they're all on the council. They're all Jedi masters and they're just like blindly soldiers. Because the argument of we can't live next door to the government is good enough. A lot of ego going on a lot of hubris, which is scary when the title of the next book is apocalypse. Yeah. That's a scary enough title, man, dude, this is exactly Similar to how the Jedi were acting at the fall of Coruscant to Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. They pretty much deserted Coruscant in in numbers yep. to, you know, fight threats across the galaxy. And missed the entire usurpation of the government at home and turned in and it got turned into a dynastic empire of evil wizards with Two, 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 there's thousands, maybe hundreds, two. <laughs> there's more than two is what we're getting at. Ha, <laughs> huh. oh, and one of them is for sure at least as powerful as Palpatine and Anakin. Mm-hmm. Abeloth is unbelievably powerful. How are you going to love her hard enough to get her to let go of three trillion hearts of Coruscant? What kind of Casanova girlfriend bullshit is he going to pull at the end of this book? <laughs> she going to be another ex-girlfriend on the long list by the end of Apocalypse? What? How? Oh. He already got rid of one of his ex-girlfriends out of her body. I'll tell you what. He's consistent with one thing. Two things. Having ex-girlfriends everywhere he goes. And never telling anybody what the plan is. What's your favorite moment of Luke Skywalker in this book? Um. Okay. Um, when he says, I'll be your master to Vistara. Why do I let you go every time this time? Same thing, man. Same here. Because yeah. everything else he said was condescending mystical and just... bullshit or condescendingly rude. Yep. Yeah. I know better. No substance to any of his opinions at all. Just yep. 
because I said so a thousand times for 474 pages. Even one line explanations to anything that How he said. How are you going to do what you want to do, man? Uh, my favorite moment is accepting Vistara as his apprentice because she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> she's my favorite. She's She is... Her and Abeloth are, you know what? Much like Alemurar and Lumaya were really, really bright spots of the last series. They're great antagonistic villain characters. Mm -hmm. You know, they are the standout characters of the series so far because Luke Skywalker's an idiot. Yeah. Jaina ain't done nothing. And Ben's been in love with one of the villains the whole time. So he's making her stand out. (laughs) You know, I just, where's Alana? How are you going to take Coruscant back? How do you get the Jedi Temple back? What's going to happen with the Bearables? Oh, yeah, they're still there. Ah, there's so many things to get tied up in the next book. I have full faith it will be satisfying. But I am just, you know what? I shouldn't have talked about Luke Skywalker last. Because I am so mad at this <laughs> man with a plan. Wink. I hate it. I like knowing more than he does about how wrong his plan is because he's just been wrong, 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 wrong all the way along throughout the last two book series. Mm-hmm. And then like at the last moment, he's like, I got a secret plan. I'm going to win the day. Yeah. it Like a little bit of context into his brain. You know what? You'll be fine. Forget that guy. Okay. Fate of the Jedi, book Easy. eight, Ascension is complete, Tim. The Empire's in shambles. The Jedi have vacated Coruscant, the Sith have moved in, and Abeloth has overtaken it all. And once again, the galaxy has no idea the peril that it is in. Wild sweeping changes across this entire book for the status of the, the status quo of the living conditions of Coruscant, the 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 leadership of the government, the character of Vistara. The, 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 leading us into major changes in the character of Ben. The GAs had three presidents in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> and surprisingly, none of them have been killed. Ovin's dead. He died? Yeah, she gave him like a heart attack. I thought he wasn't dead though. He wasn't dead when they left and then Warkin said, oh, by the way, oh, Pat Ovin's dead. That's right. He, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. There's one. Yeah, one. There's one. Dangerous job to have. Yeah. But now, it's a dangerous person to have the job mm-hmm. Avaloth has taken Coruscant rate it Tim how many fates do you give book 8 ascension uh, 5 or 6 whoa yep that's pretty low that's pretty low how, wh- how come 5 or 6 because with what's even, good what's missing even with all the changes they've been not not minor changes because they're big, like the GA government changing and like that's big galactic stuff. Yeah. But the stuff that I'm really interested in is the character stuff. And we've had like one person change it all. And that's Vistara. I can't wait for Luke Skywalker to realize, like, I hope he figures out how dumb he is sometime. Yeah. He'd like, he, he'll he'll realize he's I wrong. I can't believe I'm after hoping. his wife got killed because of not communicating that he didn't figure out, like, I should communicate a lot. Yep. <laughs> And nobody spoke to Jason, really, about what was going on with him? Yeah. Like, really? Nope. Yeah. They just, just judged him on we're it? We're just going to keep making the same mistakes until we learn from them. Yeah. So, uh, a nope. six for this because of 
just not enough like not character enough of what you want yeah that's fair i give it 8 out of 9 fates because i forgot how good this book was i kind of got bogged down with the length of reading it for our podcast mm mm-hmm. And then sort of lose appreciation for some of what's happening along the way. But going back through the full notes of the book, like, we have a very, very strong opening four or five chapters on Kesh with Abeloth and the Sith. And that is incredible. Yeah. That's an incredible opening. This insidious infiltration of the Sith into the Galactic Alliance government that we uncover. We've been, like, hinting at Cameron Sildar's interesting He's interesting. I didn't expect him to come with hundreds of Sith embedded behind him also. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's really dangerous mm-hmm. and a real cool threat. From that, well, you've got the unfathomable mystery monster taking over <laughs> everything. I don't know what she is, but what I saw her do in the beginning scares the shit out of me for where she's sitting at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Coruscant. We've got a beautiful little teammate, teenage romance. I love the love of Ben and Vistara. It's a difficult thing to be teenage warriors and figure out how to love a good guy and love a bad guy, right? They're so interesting, the two of them. And that unforgivable betrayal twist that I did not see coming, even though I was like, she's definitely dead. She's excited to go in the caves. She's going to be dead. Yeah. I did not see Vistara betraying the Jedi with a murder. Mm -hmm. And then where we, like I said, where we leave at the end with Abeloth on the steps of the temple and then Vistara being like, I don't, I'll just get whatever good I can. This is a really strong book. And I, it sets us up beautifully i'm i'm so excited for for the next one well lucky for you now it's time to look ahead to fate of the jedi book nine apocalypse written by troy denning released march 13th 2012 and let's have a look at the front cover A dark-robed Luke Skywalker, standing with his lightsaber drawn, glowing green before the silhouette of a burning city skyline. Yep. Not at all ominous, not at all reminiscent of the beginning of Book 8. An entire city on fire, and Luke Skywalker in dark robes, mind you, standing in front of it. Yeah. And I'm going to read you a little bit from the top of the back cover. No spoilers. We've been traumatized. There can be no surrender. There will be no mercy. It's not just the fate of the galaxy at stake. It's the destiny of the force. Apocalypse, they call it, Tim. Real quick. Yeah. Based on the cover... Based on leading into this book, what do you think happens? I just because you you said the dark robes a couple of times and I hadn't noticed before. 
I'm thinking Luke's going to have to take whatever is going on in Abeloth into himself and leave. And oh, Jesus. Yep. And lock himself away like, like he she did with was. that girl in the basement. He sucked the bad force out of her, except it's going to be so much. Like the memory thing. Yep. When they get rid of the memories, they have to take them. Mm-hmm. Whoa, man. That could be. Whoa. <laughs> That's what <laughs> Those I think. Those are threads that tie together nicely. Oh. I don't know. But those are some good guesses. I feel like we're going to see it, the end of Luke at the end of this book. I feel in like. In one way or another. I feel like we're going to find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 9, Apocalypse, Chapters 1 through 4. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Apocalypse. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> City's burning. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.